episode 466 for June 2017, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And that song is called You're the Best Around, as sung by Joe Esposito, and you probably recognize that song from the Karate Kid movie. Uh, very catchy tune, it really pumps you up like you're ready to fight, as Daniel Russo was ready to in that movie. And who's the best around? Spider-Man, of course, since this is a Spider-Man podcast. Uh, before we get to the fight, I want to give you a couple of heads up about a few things. Uh, we've started uh, streaming our podcast live on our YouTube channel, uh, and I'd like you to check out our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash Spider-Man Crawl Space. Uh, unfortunately, YouTube doesn't let us put a hyphen in it, so it's all one word, Spider-Man Crawl Space, after the YouTube URL. Also, we're on Facebook. Go to Facebook, type in Spider-Man Crawl Space, and you'll like the page. And there's about 3,000 of you that do that, so I appreciate that. Uh, also, uh, since uh, we did a fight last, I've started a Patreon page where if you enjoy the podcast, you can support us uh, each and every month for the bandwidth costs and the website hosting. So go to Patreon slash Crawlspace and you can do just that. And also, if you would like to do a one-time donation to help with the uh, costs and uh, support of the website, you can uh, log into our front page at SpidermanCrawlspace.com. On the right-hand side is a button, a PayPal button, and you can drop a few dollars into the PayPal pot. Since we last recorded a fight, I want to give a thanks to William, Ryan, Alexander, Brian, Craig, and Javel, Christopher, and John for dropping a few dollars and helping us pay the bills. All right, George is ready. Let's get it on. Hey, Crawl Spacers, we're doing another fight. This is our June fight, and we're going back to 1983, April 10th, 1983, this issue came out. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 239, George. Yes, uh, and a story from uh, Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, called Now Strikes the the Hobgoblin. Mm. It's the first official fight between the Hobgoblin and Spidey. Yes, the uh, the the first appearance of the Hobgoblin took place uh, in the issue prior mm-hmm. uh, when he uh, you saw him you know putting on the, uh, his costume for the first time. Uh, this is but this is the the first time where they actually do battle with one another. Yeah, uh, and it's an interesting time. Uh, again, this is uh, a story from the eighties. The eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, as what well, there was a recent article and I forget where it was. Uh, somebody shared it with us, uh, uh, but it was it basically talked about how the '80s was like the best decade for Spider-Man ever. Mm. Uh, which I I'd agree. Huh? I'd agree. Yeah, I agree. I would agree too. It really I, was. I mean, that was the, what got me into it. Yeah, I mean, made me a Spider-Man fan for life. And well, I mean, I had, I was already a Spider-Man fan by then, but I mean, yeah. everything was just hitting on all cylinders in the yeah. '80s. Yep. And everything I – mean, I can point to a billion, you know, craptastic things that went down in the 90s. I cannot do that with the 80s mm-hmm. as far as Spider-Man goes. Uh, Spider-Man was in much better hands uh, mm-hmm. than it has than it has been since. Yeah, I would uh, agree. With, with uh, 
in terms of uh, editorial and creative. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's uh, last month we talked about Harry mm-hmm. and Harry's craziness. This is before all that, and you know, and Harry's uh, uh, a lot of the properties that the Hobgoblin has been raiding uh, in Norman's old labs have been on Osborne properties. Yep. And so you know, Harry's involved, and and. Just to just to give more context at this time, this is back when Lance Bannon was still around, mm-hmm. uh, taking nudie shots of Amy Powell. <laughs> Boy, I wonder what Amy Powell's up to these days. Ah, who knows? Now she, you yeah. know, she's due for a comeback. She is. If if Deb Whitman can come <laughs> back, I mean, she she puckered up. She kissed Peter uh, right when Mary Jane came back. Remember that infamous? Oh scene? yeah, yeah, yeah. She was totally, you know, trying to to go after Peter. Yeah. And poor Lance Bannon deserved better than. Dying from facade. This is not, and I wish Gerald was here now. <laughs> I like the the idea that Peter had a rival at photographer. But well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it would be repeated again. Mm-hmm. You know, just with a different paper. Yeah. Uh, although, to you know, much wildly different uh, uh, degrees uh, yeah. with uh, with Eddie Brock. Yeah. Well, no, Brock wasn't a photographer. He, he was Brock, a reporter. Yeah, Brock I think you're, get, you're right. getting Spider-Man 3, the movie, confused because Brock there was a photographer. No, so. after Lance Bannon. You know what? I'm After Lance Bannon, it was Katzenberg. Yeah, yeah, and he died from cancer. Yeah, and he there died from, from cancer and that. Lung, lung cancer, and that made Mary Jane quit smoking. Yeah, that yeah. made yeah, – yeah. yeah. He was the rival photographer. Right. <clears throat> anyway, um, so that's – you know, that's this time period. That's where mm-hmm. we are. Um, and – also, at this time, it we're just a few issues of uh, – three or four issues away before MJ returns, mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge moment in, uh, in Spider-Man Phantom in the 80s. One of those jaw-dropping, oh, MFG moments. You yeah, know? she was gone for a few years. Yeah. Like yeah. issue 201 or 202, I think, was her last appearance. Yeah, until Stern brought her back. Exactly. And uh, – and we we could we could talk about that for another twenty minutes, but I know. Uh, let's get to the fist <laughs> yeah, the fisticuffs. <laughs> let's get to the actual fight. Yeah. Um. And and so what Spider Man you know wants to do Spider Man's Spider Man is aware uh, of the um, of the robberies going on. Yeah. Uh. And and so he's trying to be uh, trying to be a little proactive. You know, he knows that somebody's been breaking into Norman's old properties and everything, and 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 trying to, uh, or, or has been stealing, you know, goblin equipment. Mm-hmm. And so he he wants to crack down on that. So he's trying to get ahead of the curve, and he and he goes to one of them that that he knows about, and breaks in, uh, swings through the door, and there is the hobgoblin. Opening up uh, like some sort of Osborne, going through Osborne crates, mm-hmm. and the Hobgoblin, of course, you know this is the first. This is the first fight we're about to have with him. But you know they would revealed his look before. He had modified Norman's mask. Yeah, he had modified the suit. Um, he's got the same chainmail armor and tunic and the same you know glider. But you know he's got a hood now instead of a, a you know like a, like a cap. Mm-hmm. And he just looked more sinister. Yeah, he looks awesome. Uh, another thing that he does not have until uh, maybe a year or so later, he doesn't have the Goblin Serum in him. Yeah. That, that takes place in Peter Parker 86, I think, around there. Um, but he's just average – well, we didn't know it at the time. He's just average Roderick Kingsley fashion designer. Going well, up, I, I, it, I, yeah. it, 
he was and he wasn't. He's kind of Schrodinger's cat here because we know yeah. that Stern had never intended for him to be Roderick Kingsley. Right. So technically, and, and when we're talking specifically about continuity, yes, this is Roderick Kingsley. At the time he was written, absolutely the writer did not have any intention of That's him being Roderick Kingsley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I think he talks a bit – I could be wrong about how he is – he doesn't have that much power. Or he's worried the how much stronger Spider-Man is. Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah. it, it, this is why he keeps casing all the Osborne joints. He's right. trying to find as many weapons as he can, you know, to give him a, a, an edge. And at this point, he's not even really. He didn't become the Hobgoblin to go take on Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, like yeah. now later, the Kingpin hires him to take Spider-Man out. Mm-hmm. But he's just at this time, he's just wanting to become a mercenary. Right. You know, he's just trying to sort of build up his mercenary cred and make a little nest egg for himself so he can retire on some sort of tropical island like he briefly did for a while. <laughs> yep. Hobgoblin is one of the one of the most getting away with it villains there is. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> I know. And a lot so many of the fights between Hobgoblin and Spider Man end with with Hobgoblin scot free. <laughs> I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe he having to get his jaw rewired, but, but again, the dentist stuff. reference. We need a dentist in the Marvel universe. Yeah, <laughs> and so here, yeah, he he's not as physically powerful, but he has all the weapons. Yeah, and he, and, he uses them right off the bat with the finger blaster. Right, you know, and and, and I love it. The, the minute Spider-Man sees him and doesn't know what he's called yet, uh, says uh, he calls him Fright Face. <laughs> yeah, you know? and he tells him he's using the wrong goblin color scheme and. I love how a lot of times with the Hobgoblin, the way that they show him because he has that hood on, you don't see the mask. It's just like black, mm-hmm. like his face is all in shadow and all you see is the red eyes. Yeah. I love that. It makes him look more menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and he starts off the fight uh, by trying to shoot Spider-Man with the, with the finger blaster. Mm-hmm. Which Spider-Man barely manages to dodge out of the way, and he's trying to get away. Uh, yeah, from, he's not he's, ready. He's like, dude, I am not prepared for this yet. That's, that must be the panel I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's trying to get away from Spider-Man. Spider-Man's chasing him. He throws a pumpkin bomb behind Spidey, and Spidey, again, you know, manages to, to duck the, pom- the, the pumpkin bomb, which looks like it hits a chimney mm-hmm. uh, on a rooftop. Um, and, and Spider-Man webs some of the chimney debris hurls that like a missile yeah. at the Hobgoblin, and it grows between the Hobgoblin's legs and the glider. That's a lucky <laughs> miss. Right under his crotch, and I love the little word balloon above Hobgoblin <laughs> you know, with just the question mark and exclamation point and question mark, like, oh my god, <laughs> you don't sit me in the Tic Tac. <laughs> he almost got me in my other pumpkin bombs. Yeah. <laughs> the Hobgoblin, you know, is thinking everything I've ever heard about how how yeah. how you know uh, about this dude's prowess. Every bit of it uh, failed to do actual justice to how this dude actually is, and yeah. I you know I cannot run him, so I'm going to have to try to find other ways to determine. And he throws a ton of razor bats at him. Yeah, and so Spider Man's trying to dodge. I mean, Spider Man can dodge machine gun fire. And he's trying, you know, because that's his his agility is such that he's able to do that. And he's trying to dodge these things, but these things are nicking him and cutting him. And he's like, "Oh man, these things are like razors." Yeah, these bats are are basically razors, and and he's having the dickens of a time with these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he's thrown off base by that, Hobgoblin manages to try to take a swing, swinging or a, a, a almost like a drive by kind of charge at him with the glider. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and and then he releases um, like uh, like one of the ghost bombs. Yeah. You know, and and you know the ghost bomb releases all the smoke, and later. Uh, not in this issue, but later when they tangle, uh, after he's had time to modify them, remember the ghost bomb? I think it was the ghost bomb. The ghost bomb is what negates his spider sense. Oh, yeah. That's right. That? Yeah, I remember that. So he throws the ghost bomb. Um, he, he's, he's doing a great job here at keeping Spider-Man away from him. Mm-hmm. He knows he absolutely cannot let Spider-Man get close to him because if he does, Spider-Man will clobber him. Yeah. So he's doing everything he can, which is really good, seeing as he hasn't had a lot of training with the weapons yet because right. he hasn't nearly enough time. Uh, he's just a formidable enough opponent, you know, starting off that he can do these kind of things. Yep. So while he manages to sort of sidetrack Spidey with that gas bomb, uh, Spidey manages to, to land a web shooter. You know, he shoots his web shooters, manages to connect with the underneath of the goblin glider and just pulls the hobgoblin down out of the sky. Yeah. And it is a mighty John Romita Jr. panel, mm-hmm. uh, early John Romita Jr. panel, where he just crashes down on that glider, and it is violent. It is yeah. a – he's probably 30, 40 feet in the sky and jumps just comes crashing down on top of the glider as it hits the street. And it is yeah. – it is, it's impacting. But he's still not done. I mean he's dazed. You know, he's got – he's probably got a concussion from that because he has the little stars around his head. Yeah. But he's still blasting at Spider-Man, and he and he manages to land shots on a gas line. Ooh, lucky lucky save for Hobgoblin yeah, to start blowing the street up in front of Spider-Man. So now Spider-Man is like, "Well, crap! Now I have to deal with this exploding gas line." And as sure sure enough, as soon as he's done cutting off the gas line, the Conair gas line uh, underneath the street, uh, it, it was a really great scene where he used a piece of sheet metal to. Mm-hmm. Dig a hole in the street and uncover the gas lines. So we could turn it off and so we could stop exploding. And sure enough, that's all the time the hobgoblin needed to get away. And the hobgoblin boy is limping away. Yeah. I mean, he is he is on the glider, and he was like, "Oh my god, you know, I uh, I've never been humbled before like this." <laughs> and it sticks in his craw. He's like, "You know what? Okay, I've, I I think at this point he's looking at Spider Man not only as an obstacle but a challenge." Yeah. You know, he's like, I can't function with this guy all up in my grill, but at the same time, this is where I need to make a measure of who I am. I have got to take this guy down, you know, and and almost sort of prove it to himself, you know. And he's like, he must have secrets. I will find out his secrets, and it's it's really cool. And then Spider Man, you know, kind of just walks away. Doesn't you know? Doesn't just walking away on the rooftops? Yeah. You know, after sleeping, I slept most of the day. I let the hobgoblin get away from me, and I yeah. think I may have burnt my hand in the process. Wonderful. <laughs> he's just sort of working, you know, walking away, like you know, could the could the day get any worse? Decision time, Brad. Yeah, decision time. This is a draw. I was. I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going to say for this one. I, it's both men walk away. No this clear winner. And I'll tell you what I think uh, yeah. Spider-Man had going on. Because mm-hmm. Spider-Man wasn't – there was not a lot of distractions. He's not having to worry about Aunt May. He's not having to worry about Mary Jane. The worst thing that happened is he missed a date with Amy Powell. Yeah. That's literally the worst thing that happened to him, and he's not sweating that too much. He didn't take the Hobgoblin seriously. Yeah. I think he started off the fight not taking the Hobgoblin seriously, not realizing you know the correlation between – Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, what he knows about Goblin stuff because he's not applying what he knows 
of the goblin and how the goblin fought or the weapons that the, you know, the, the goblin brought to bear against him in, in different fights. He's not applying that to the hobgoblin. He's just assuming the hobgoblin is some schmo off the street. Mm-hmm. So that's a rookie mistake on Spider-Man's part. Yep. It's a, you know, and, and he should kind of beat himself up over that while he's walking away from that fight because he, he knows better. Um, and But the hobgoblin, I mean – the hobgoblin, yeah, he he took some licks. He he comes away with you know probably a concussion and you know maybe maybe a broken arm, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, or at least a heavily bruised or fractured arm, or maybe an arm has been pulled out of its socket. And and he he made an enemy for life with the hobgoblin because oh, he yeah. says when I uh, quote from the hobgoblin, uh, he must have had some secret, but I must find out oh, how on earth was the Green Goblin able to stand up to Spider-Man as many times as he did. He must have had some secret, but what I must find out. I will find out. And when I do, I shall humble Spider-Man as he's never been humble before. So he's yeah. referencing the Goblin formula. The Goblin formula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he eventually finds out what the what the trick was. He's got to get juiced, <laughs> but, but this is uh, this is what this is what makes the Hobgoblin for me in my mind the premier Spider-Man villain of the eighties. Mm. Of course, we had the excellent mystery who's the Hobgoblin and all the, all that stuff that was handled by Stern and DeFalco, mm-hmm. uh, and then later again by Stern uh, so well. Yeah, but so many of their fights, so in fact, almost all of their fights end. With the two of them giving as good as they got and both of them going away at the end. He never – the only time he ever defeats Hobgoblin and sends Hobgoblin to jail. Yeah. You know, or, or at least here in the in the 80s, when he eventually – when he was uncovered as Kingsley, he did um, at the dead end. So there's like really only a couple of times when he defeats Hobgoblin. Yeah. And one of the times, Hobgoblin frame, uh, framed Flash – yeah, ASM 276 or, or 278 yeah. maybe. Yeah, and so Hobgoblin didn't yeah. even go to jail. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, but most of the fights between them wind up with Hobgoblin getting as good as he get, you know, or, or as good as he got and then getting the hell out of there. A lot of their fights end in draws, and that's what made him such an intriguing opponent during yeah. the 80s. He's a smart villain. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's just very smart. He's the smart He's the smart Goblin, not the, you know, the batshit crazy Goblin. Yeah, exactly. And and because he's not batshit crazy, he makes fewer mistakes. Yeah, and such a great debut of a new villain. I mean, he really was. This was strong. I mean, if, very strong. If you if you're a, a a new villain being unveiled in the Marvel universe, this is about as strong as a first outing as you can hope to get. Yeah. yeah. And it and and really all of that falls upon the the masterful skill of mm-hmm. Roger Stern and Uncle, he, Uncle Roger. And he is a legacy villain. You, we talk about legacy heroes a lot, but Hobgoblin's a legacy uh, villain that damn near surpasses the original. Yeah, and, and at yeah. the time, uh, for me, uh, he surpassed Norman. Um, I mean, Norman, not in what Norman had done. The Hobgoblin never did anything personal to Peter. Yeah. Uh, except, uh, you know, Framing Flash at one point, which you know, yeah. But I mean, well, he never knew Peter's identity, right? He didn't kill yeah. girlfriends. He didn't. You yeah, know? he didn't. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Um, so, in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. back when I was reading this, I was like, well, Norman was crazy, and Norman was and made Norman sloppy. This yeah. guy isn't sloppy. Yeah, he's not as personal as Norman, but still a worthy opponent. Yeah, yeah. it's a draw. All right. Yeah. yeah. 